welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you for returning and supporting this show. The last few weeks have been amazing. The listenership has really, really been strong. I've been pleasantly surprised. I know I promised all of you that there would be greater content coming, and I wasn't lying. And you guys have rewarded that uh, patience with uh, a lot of feedback and great numbers. So I really appreciate it. I don't do this for numbers. Even if it's just reaching one person, it's worth it. But a special thanks to um, to you guys for that and as well as the guests, Dr. Alan Knight, the gentleman in my D group, and Pastor Adam Deckard, who is a part of my D group, who came on to talk about youth ministry. So thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate your support as well. So please continue to support us through our SoundCloud platform, which is our host, our YouTube channel, and wherever you get your podcasts, you can like our Facebook page. That's where our updates are posted. Okie dokie. So this is a return to a little bit of our drive time, just a little segment here and there for you all. Something I shared in D group this past Thursday night, actually, was something that I found in the passage of Hebrews, chapter 13. So if you have your Bibles, I'll give you a chance to get there. This is a little mini-sermon, if you will. And in the meantime, while again you're looking up Hebrews 13, this is something that, that I read daily. I have a daily you know, recommended uh, reading for anyone, and it's something that gets me through the Bible over two times a year, just in my daily reading. It's not about studying scripture. It's not an in-depth study. It's just the daily discipline of getting involved in your Bible. And so what I started out doing years ago when I've expanded, I decided to read a psalm, one chapter from Psalms, one passage from the gospel, uh, not just the synoptic gospels, but the first four. So I started basically at Psalm 1, Matthew 1, and then I started at Genesis 1. And then I slowly expanded that, and you know the next day would be Genesis 2, Psalm 2, Matthew 2. So I was reading a gospel passage, then I was reading a psalm, uh, just a prayer, and then just getting back into the Pentateuch, first five books, just remembering Genesis. Well, I then expanded that to a Pauline letter and then wisdom literature. So going through the Old Testament, I started at Genesis and go all the way through the Old Testament while I'm repeating the Psalms as well as Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Lamentations. And once I'm done, you know, from Proverbs, I move to Ecclesiastes. Once I'm done with Ecclesiastes, move to Lamentations and start back over with Proverbs. Same thing with the Psalms. I just, when I get to 150, I just restart all of that over again. And for me, that, that helps with the Gospels. Again, Matthew chapters 1 through you know, 28, and then go read Mark, then Luke, then John, then start back over with, with Matthew. And then same thing with the Pauline letters and the other pastoral epistles. Once I get through the end of Revelation, I start right back at Acts chapter 1. So that's just something that I do. Uh, just read one passage a day from each of those. It's not something, again, that I'm spending you know, hours upon hours in because it's just something that I like to have as a daily scripture routine. It doesn't matter if I'm studying something for Sunday school or if I'm just reading my Bible extra. It's just part of my disciplines like fasting and like my prayer life. So maybe that is something that you guys would encourage others, if not your, I would encourage you to, to do. So just, just a, I don't know, a different mindset, because there's a lot of like Bible reading plans out there. Maybe some people struggle getting into scripture and where you should start. You know, for me, if you're new to reading your Bible, I would start out 
with the Gospel of John, and I would read Genesis, and I would re- read both of those concurrently because it can tie both the Old Testament and New Testament together. Even though there will be some language that's maybe unfamiliar, that's where I would start out. And if you also wanted a short book to read, I'd always read the Epistle of James. It's unbelievable. Short book, easy to understand. So, while I've given you time to either rummage through your actual physical Bible or your Bible app on your phone, I'm reading from the NASB translation, 1995 version, Hebrews 13. And I'll be reading here the first 14 verses. It's the latter half of this four, verse, uh, verses 1 through 14 that I want to hone in on, but the first few are just fine as well. Starting at verse 1, Let love of the brethren continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember the prisoners, as though in prison with them, and those who are ill-treated, since you yourselves also are in the body. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods, through which those who were so occupied were not benefited. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside the gate. So, let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his approach. For here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. Amen. There is a lot there. You can preach many sermons on any one of those verses. In particular, it's something that starts with verse 7. It's, it, this entire letter of Hebrews is dedicated to talking about the person of Christ and how like, he just wasn't some special person. He was the Lamb. He was God's Son. It's talking about the supremacy and the supreme authority, divine authority, of Jesus Christ. And here it's an encouragement to don't be carried away. Don't don't worry about these strange teachings. Don't be distracted with your love of money or things, again, that will not satisfy the soul. And in this case, another referencing back to 1 Corinthians about eating food sacrificed to idols, how certain people, you know, because it was a detraction for them, they were not strengthened by those things. They were not benefited. They were occupied. They were distracted. Verse 10, we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. Now, for those who don't know, referencing the Hebrew tradition through Judaism, this is something that when you offered burnt offerings, you you didn't slaughter the entire animal and then take the whole carcass up on onto the altar and then burn the entire thing. 
you had certain portions that were set aside for the burnt offering and certain things which were considered unclean were outside the camp because of many uh, purifying laws of the old Torah, of the 613 laws of Moses. There were certain laws that kept things that were defiled from being undefiled. They were, there were, there were one, you were, you were basically supposed to be the undefiled and touching unclean parts of animals or consuming unclean parts of animals. There were a lot of rules and regulations that somebody who is a, a Jewish scholar would be able to add more insight into. This is just a broad overview. But what they would do is they would bring in the parts that were to be dedicated as a burnt offering that was holy and pleasing to God. That was sacrificed in the temple. The unclean parts were kept outside. They would never bring in unclean parts into the temple, that would be a very unholy thing. But you look at the person of Christ who spilled his blood and whose body was kept outside the city. Now, there are many things that you can talk about here, but a city, you want to think about what a city does. Now, in, in, our, in our time, in the 21st century, you know, cities have a lot of offerings. They have a lot of things that you can do, much like in the olden days. But when you are communities that are surrounded by sometimes enemies. A city is a safe haven as well, surrounded by walls, protected. And you don't only get your desires met, your fleshly desires, your spiritual desires. You get your physical desires of safety met within a city. And so when you go beyond, when you retreat beyond the walls and the safety of a city, you are vulnerable, you are exposed, you're in an alien, in a strange environment. You're not just vulnerable physically, but if you want to think of the metaphor, you're leaving your place of comfort. You're emotionally and potentially spiritually vulnerable to all kinds of temptations and vices. And so how do we see this as Christ being treated as the outcast at Golgotha, carrying his own cross, being led up, like a lamb to the slaughter, who was the pure pure lamb that was slain. You have this person of Christ being treated as an outcast because of what he stood for. And remember, it wasn't the government that crucified Christ. It was his own people that did that. And, and what are we supposed to take away from this? Verse 11, for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his blood, suffered outside the gate. So let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Another allusion to take up your cross daily, which Christ said. He said it in a different way, but I'm paraphrasing, of course. How many of us how many of us really want to do that? Leave your place of security? Leave your place of safety? Bearing Jesus' approach? Fearing rejection? Mock, scorn, ridicule? How many of us are willing to go to him? Remember, Jesus himself has said, there's the red letters in the New Testament, if you're not with me, you're against me. If you do not forgive others, neither I will forgive you. Neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Those are the words of Jesus. That's not some you know, pastor trying to 
fling molten lead of sermons at you in hellfire and damnation. Those are the words of Christ. How, how many of us Christians are, are willing to go beyond our place of comfort and go be with Christ and imitate him? In verse 14, for here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come, which is the kingdom of heaven, the new Jerusalem, if you will. So in a, in a time and a place where everything is fleeting, everything gets broken down, I think many of us can picture a city that is dilapidated that was once fruitful and prosperous. And many of us have seen the inverse. We've seen the comings and goings. We've seen revitalization, rejuvenation of certain areas, and we've, and we've seen the dilapidation of, of certain areas. Those things are all going to pass away regardless of what condition they're in. So while we are finding solace and rest and fortitude in our temporary cities, whatever that might be, it might be literal, it might be figurative, in your understanding, in your interpretation, or whichever context applies to you, that's all going to fade away because that's a temporary city, place of habitation, place of safety, place of desire, fulfilled desire for that matter. But here, what we are seeking is something eternal. And you know where it lies? It lies beyond our city gates. It lies in the same ridicule, mockery, scornful slurs. But how many of us are willing to go to Christ? I want to challenge you and I challenge myself in the same way. Let's review Hebrews 13. Let's reread it and pray over it. And let's let God shine light into some dark areas of our life where Maybe we are ashamed for our faith. Maybe we don't want to fully accept the word of Christ that's already been implanted within us. Maybe. This is not a rebuke towards anyone. This is something that I found personally convicting. And having this understanding of, I don't know if all the time I'd be willing to go beyond in order to fulfill God's purpose in my life. I just wanted to share that with you. I think it's an amazing passage that I personally have never heard a sermon on, and it's one that I certainly plan on speaking about here in the next coming weeks. But thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast. I appreciate your listenership, and as always, I mean this with utmost sincerity. May God bless you, and may God keep you.